The Railway Children by Edith Nesbit. Chapter Four The Engine Burglar. What was left of the second sheet and the Brunswick black came in very nicely to make a banner bearing the legend, She is nearly well, thank you. And this was displayed to the green dragon about a fortnight after the arrival of the wonderful hamper. The old gentleman saw it and waved a cheerful response from the train. And when this had been done, the children saw that now was the time when they must tell mother what they had done when she was ill. And it did not seem nearly so easy as they had thought it would be. But it had to be done. And it was done. Mother was extremely angry. She was seldom angry, and now she was angrier than they had ever known her. This was horrible. But it was much worse when she suddenly began to cry. Crying is catching, I believe, like measles and whooping cough. At any rate, everyone at once found itself taking part in a crying party. Mother stopped first. She dried her eyes, and then she said, I'm sorry I was so angry, darlings, because I know you didn't understand. We didn't mean to be naughty, mummy, sobbed Bobby, and Peter and Phyllis sniffed. Now listen, said Mother. It's quite true that we're poor, but we have enough to live on. You mustn't go telling everyone about our affairs. It's not right. And you must never, never, never ask strangers to give you things. Now always remember that, won't you? They all hugged her and rubbed their damp cheeks against hers and promised that they would. And I'll write a letter to your old gentleman, and I shall tell him that I didn't approve. Oh, of course I shall thank him too for his kindness. It's you I don't approve of, my darlings, not the old gentleman. He was as kind as ever he could be. And you can give the letter to the station master to give him, and we won't say any more about it. Afterwards, when the children were alone, Bobby said, Isn't mother splendid? You catch any other grown up saying they were sorry they'd been angry. Yes, said Peter, she is splendid, but it's rather awful when she's angry. She's like avenging and bright in the song, said Phyllis. I should like to look at her if it wasn't so awful. She looks so beautiful when she's really downright furious. They took the letter down to the station master. I thought you said you hadn't got any friends except in London, said he. We've made him since, said Peter. But doesn't he live hereabouts? No. We just know him on the railway. Then the station master retired to that sacred inner temple behind the little window where the tickets are sold, and the children went down to the porter's room and talked to the porter. They learned several interesting things from him, among others that his name was Perks, that he was married and had three children, that the lamps in front of engines are called headlights, and the ones at the back tail lights. And that just shows, whispered Phyllis, that trains really are dragons in disguise with proper heads and tails. It was on this day that the children first noticed that all engines are not alike. Alike? said the porter, whose name was Perks. Law love you, no, miss. No more alike nor what you and me are. That little un without a tender s went by just now all on her own. That was a tank, that was. She's off to do some shuntin' t'other side of Maidbridge. That's as it might be you, miss. Then there's goods engines, great strong things with three wheels each side, joined with rods to strengthen em as it might be me. Then there's main line engines, as it might be this year young gentleman when he grows up and wins all the races at his school, so he will. The main line engine she's built for speed as well as power. That's one to the nine fifteen up. The green dragon, said Phyllis. We calls her the snail, miss, among ourselves, said the porter. She's oftener behind Anne nor any train on the line. But the engine's green, said Phyllis. Yes, miss, said Perks. So's a snail some seasons of the year. The children agreed as they went home to dinner that the porter was most delightful company. 
Next day was Roberta's birthday. In the afternoon she was politely but firmly requested to get out of the way and keep there till tea-time. "'You aren't to see what we're going to do till it's done. It's a glorious surprise,' said Phyllis. And Roberta went out into the garden all alone. She tried to be grateful, but she felt she would much rather have helped him whatever it was than have to spend her birthday afternoon by herself, no matter how glorious the surprise might be. Now that she was alone she had time to think, and one of the things she thought of most was what Mother had said in one of those feverish nights when her hands were so hot and her eyes so bright. The words were, "'Oh, what a doctor's bill there'll be for this!' She walked round and round the garden among the rose-bushes that hadn't any roses yet, only buds, and the lilac-bushes and syringas and American currants, and the more she thought of the doctor's bill the less she liked the thought of it. And presently she made up her mind— she went out through the side door of the garden and climbed up the steep field to where the road runs along by the canal, 